good guys? We're back at it again with another video. As you can see from the title, I do have some convos with BT for you guys today. And today I just wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about managing pro expectations on elite high school basketball prospects. I'm coming with this video today specifically because if you guys didn't see recently, I put out a graphic announcing that on January 1st, 2024, I will be releasing my top 25, my top 25 list of elite high school prospects. Of course, this list is gonna be based on pro potential, but before I release it, I kinda wanna release it now. I'm ready to release it now, but I am gonna wait till after City of Palms because I do wanna see a couple of guys and make sure you know the heights are right and everything like that. But like I was saying, my list is gonna be based on potential projections to the highest level to the L, to the NBA. So before I even release that list, I do want to talk about it a little bit or talk about the expectations that people should be having when I release this list, because I've seen it all across the industry. I've actually done it a little bit myself. We have a lot of people making hyperbolic statements about high school prospects saying that this kid is a definitive pro and you know this kid is going to be an all-star this kid is going to be this this or that when honestly i don't think a lot of people realize how hard it is how difficult it is and a lot of people underestimate it including myself sometimes like exactly how good you have to be to not only make it to the nba to get drafted but to actually be able to produce in the nba and stick in the nba because nowadays the L, the league, is as skilled as it has ever been. Almost every player on every single roster can shoot, pass, dribble. I just saw Brooke Lopez for the Bucks the other night within like a three-minute stretch shoot like two deep threes and put it down from the perimeter. I'm talking about Brooke Lopez. Put it down from the perimeter and finish with a layup in traffic. This is what I mean when I say the talent level in the L is as good as it's ever been. And because of this, I think we all need to reevaluate exactly what that bar is to not only, again, get drafted, but to stay in the NBA, because I don't know if a lot of people do this, but go back over the last couple drafts and actually look to see how many of those players are still in the NBA and are making an impact in the NBA. In every single draft class, it's only a minute, a small percentage of players that actually stay in the NBA, stick in the NBA. And recently, I feel like it's been less and less players actually being able to stick in the NBA because of modern medicine advances you got Bron playing in year 21, still looking like he's in his prime. We're going to start to see a lot of these veteran players being able to play longer and longer and longer, which means what? Which means even though there's going to be a new 60 entering the league every year, it's going to be harder and harder for those 60 players to beat out the 450 that are already in the league. You can actually compare it to what you've been seeing in college with these COVID years. Yeah, the COVID year is about to go away. So younger players are going to start to have their opportunity again. But what have you started to see ever since there's been COVID years, right? Because there are six-year seniors, because there are older players, veteran players that have been able to play longer, the high school talent has been hurt, right? Not as many high school players have been able to get scholarships and opportunities. Why? Because the older players have been able to play longer because of COVID. But that rule is going away. In the NBA, though, and with the advances of modern medicine, players are going to be able to play longer and longer, which honestly doesn't bode too well for these younger and younger players that are trying to come into the league. You're actually starting to see now that the players that are making more of an impact are the players that have spent four years, three years in college. You got the kid Jamie in Miami right now, killing as a rookie, getting a lot of opportunity as a rookie, and it has a lot of people looking around the league like, wait, he went at what number, and all these other kids went lottery, yet they're in the G League, and he's the one getting the minutes. Why? Because he's an older player, more developed player. He's more ready when he steps into the league to compete with actual grown men that are now playing for 
15, 17, 20 years now. Not to mention, we now live in more of a microwave society, which means that in terms of for coaches, you don't have too long to win games. For GMs, you don't have too long for your draft picks to pan out, which means it's so much more important now for these players to come into the NBA ready to play, not only because they're gonna be going up against older and older, more veteran players, but also because the GMs, the coaches, they don't have a lot of time to develop talent before people actually want them out the door. Now, how all of this relates to these elite high school basketball prospects and the rankings that I'm putting out, I just really believe that the entire industry as a whole, analysts, evaluators, scouts, coaches, everyone, to stop making these hyperbolic statements and saying that, oh, this player is a pro and this player is this, this, and that. Yes, I am gonna be putting out this rankings list, but it's based on potential production at the professional level. The key word is potential. What I'm starting to see is there's been a lot of evaluators and other people that have been calling players pros and this, this, and that, making them think that they're the best player in the world to their faces into a 17 year old, 18 year old, they're going to believe exactly what you tell them and they're going to then live out what you tell them. So when we have a lot of these people calling players pros and oh, you this good, you that good, you straight to the L, you gonna get 300 M's one day, they're gonna start to believe that they don't have to get better. They're gonna start to believe that, oh, my talent is good enough and you know my talent is good enough to not only get me to the NBA, but to keep me in the NBA when that isn't the case at all. A great example is Victor Wembanyama. I don't know how many posts I saw leading up to the draft, even after the draft, saying that this is the best amateur prospect that we've seen since LeBron James and this, this, and that. And he's going to step into the L. Everything is going to change. Groundbreaking player. You would have thought he was a favorite to win the NBA championship as a rookie, right? Now, that's not to say that what Victor Wembanyama has shown up to this point is not extremely high level, extremely next level talent, already averaging 19 in the rookie of the year race and everything, right? But what I want everyone to realize is that is Victor Wembanyama, a player who no one has ever seen before, a seven foot five basketball player that moves like a guard, fadeaways, everything you want right off the bounce. That player I just described has had a learning curve and it hasn't exactly translated to wins yet. So if a seven foot five freak of nature that we've ever seen has had a learning curve, if he's not at that level stepping into the NBA, winning games after playing against pros for how many years, what type of learning curve do you think a non seven foot five, 18 to 19 year old is gonna have stepping into the NBA. This is why I really think everyone needs to take a second, take a pause before you call a player a consummate pro, a, a future all-star, a generational talent, because usually these statements aren't made with honest intentions, the best intentions. Usually it's, I wanna put my name on this player and he's gonna be my claim to fame when he makes it. But you know what I've experienced personally and what I've seen talking to a lot of my peers who were high-level players is that you know, when you've been told you're this certain level of talent and you're gonna be this in the future and this, this and that, and you get to that level and it's not everything that everyone told you that it's gonna be, everyone just disappears. You know what I mean? Everyone that was praising you and telling you you was gonna be X, Y, Z is gone. And the kid is now what, 20, 21, 22, you know, not really getting an opportunity in the league, things aren't working out and no one's to be found. This is why I really think we need to start to shift the talks from you know, oh, this player is this good and that good to let every player know and make more players understand exactly the level of work that you're gonna have to put in if you do get to that level. And guess what? This doesn't just apply for those elite prospects getting to the NBA. This also applies to college basketball players who 
everyone told you, you know, you were this type of impact player at a high major conference when you had a lot of mid-major offers. So you decide to go to that high major conference and all of a sudden you're not getting any playing time and everyone's gone. No one's talking to you. No one's ringing your phone anymore. All of a sudden you enter the transfer portal and it's spooky. This is why I'm saying that these hyperbolic expectations and statements that we, again, I've done it myself before and I'm going to stop. Unless a player is looking like Shaden Sharp was looking like an EYBL, unless a player looks like that, like we shouldn't be making any of these statements because usually, usually, it's detrimental more to the athlete than anyone else. All in all, January 1st, again, I will be releasing my top 25 list of elite high school basketball prospects. But again, I also wanna say in no way am I calling all 25 of those players professional basketball players, but I do believe that all 25 have potential to get to that level. And depending on where they're at on that list, I believe their potential ceiling is higher than another player's. But at the same time, as we all know, as I know specifically, there are a lot of things that happen, again, between you graduating high school and you potentially walking across that stage, distractions. Now we got NIL. We got a whole lot of different things that can deter players from being the player that you thought that they were going to be when they were younger. But I appreciate you guys watching. See you guys next time with the next video.